Hey there, my name is Jess Ray, and uh, you're listening to the very first episode of the Born Again podcast. I live in North Carolina, and I mostly do music, so this is a brand new thing for me, so I appreciate you guys coming along on this journey with me as I try to do a podcast. Here we go. This podcast is just going to be one season long, and it's going to come out in connection with my new record, Born Again, and uh, yeah, the purpose of it would be to give longer form conversations around some of the topics that I'm bringing up on this new record. I'm hoping that it will be a companion to anyone who finds themselves uh, deconstructing their faith and really hopefully even more so uh, it'll be helpful for people trying to reconstruct their faith. Um, We find ourselves in a very interesting moment in America in the Western church um, and I think it deserves a lot of conversation and hopefully this will be a helpful place for you to kind of ask some of those questions, face the tough things about it, uh, but maybe start to try to see things in a positive and beautiful light. And I hope that's what uh, you get out of this conversation today. To kick things off, I've got a good friend of mine co-hosting this first episode with me. Uh, This is Charlene Provolis. She's one of my good friends. She's an incredible spoken word artist. She's a public speaker. Basically anything with words, this woman is a master. And I think that'll be really obvious as you listen to her. Um, I'm super glad to have her with me on this first episode. On today's episode, we talk a lot about deconstructing faith. Even more so, I think we're talking about reconstructing faith. So if that's something that you are wanting in your life, we hope this is a helpful tool and just more than anything, a good conversation to listen to. Thanks for listening. What's up, everybody? My name is Jess Ray, and... uh, Yeah, thanks for joining us. You are listening to the very first episode of the Born Again podcast. Um, This podcast, I'm really excited about it. I've never done one of these before, so hang with me as I learn how. Um, But yeah, I'm really excited to host some conversations around uh, the topics that some of my songs are about um, in this upcoming record, Born Again. This record has songs that have come up over the past few years. Obviously, the world is is uh, is in an interesting place. The West is in a very interesting place the past few years. uh, That's helping, I think, in a good way, shake a lot of things about our society, about the church in America. It's definitely been a wild time to be living. Um, So yeah, I've definitely written some songs around a bunch of topics in the past few years. And I think the songs in a lot of ways say my heart, but I thought it would be really cool to host some conversations around those themes so that like we could have more of an hour long or a 30 minute long talk uh, around those same themes and kind of flesh them out a little bit more. So I'm so excited about this podcast. We'll see how it goes. I think it's going to be a blast. Really appreciate you guys listening. Um, Before I go any farther, I do want to introduce my guest for today, my co-host for this this first episode. Uh, this lady has been really important to me the past few years. I look up to her in a lot of ways, uh, the way she thinks, the way she speaks, uh, important influence in my life, uh, and I think going to be an incredible, important influence for a generation to come. Uh, this is my friend Charlene Alice Provolis. I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about who she is, but welcome, Charlene. Thank you for being on this today with us. Yeah, thank you, Jess. This is exciting. I'm proud of you for doing this. Thank you. Um, yeah, and I'm pumped for y'all to be able to hear the song, so that's also exciting. But yes, I am Charlene Alice Provolis. I am a spoken word poet, a storyteller, love to tell some stories. I'm also the CEO of Right Speak Inspire, which is a speaker management firm and storytelling community. So I get to do some dope stuff with that. And I'm part of an art collaborative based out of Raleigh called Redeemed Art Collective. And you know, I'm just that creative You're a person. Boss. I'm a boss. I'm a boss. <laughs> You're <Literally>. a boss lady. <laughs> a boss lady. Yeah. So yeah, I just I love art creativity. I love talking about culture and God mm. and and so this is like a perfect mashup. So thanks for letting me be here. Yes. 
uh, any Enneagram people out there, Charlene is also a four, so am I. So she's been just a kindred heart in the past few years, a dreamer, and has big ideas, obviously is involved in a bunch of, leading a bunch of stuff and making a bunch of stuff happen. So it's been fun uh, to be pioneers in different directions or different ways, but a pioneer can be very lonely uh, if you're creating, building new roads, uh, braving new paths. It can be really lonely, so it's been fun to have Charlene in my life in the recent years. Um, so yeah, I was thinking maybe I'll probably talk about, uh, we're going to talk about the song Born Again, which is the first song off the record. It's also the title of the record and uh, kind of a central theme for the record. So I thought I would just start by explaining that. Partly because, honestly, in pr- pretty much any time before now, I wouldn't have wanted to touch the word born again with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. I, like, it, it didn't have any meaning. If it had any meaning to me, mm. it was, like, tied with, like, Southern evangelical, like, basically, like, are you saved? You'd be like, yeah. Know, is he born again? You know? <laughs> like, I just hear it in this, like, Southern evangelical voice. Yeah, it really had lost most of its meaning. It just was another phrase for, like, being saved, I guess. Um, but then uh, early this year, I was at uh, in the studio writing and recording this new record, and I still just needed, like, well, first of all, all the songs were fairly slow, so we needed like one <laughs> upbeat jam. And like it's still not that much of a jam, but it's like for me that's an upbeat song. So it was awesome. We actually wrote an upbeat song. But then it became a central point of the record theme-wise, because um really I wanted one more song that kind of captured my heart for this record, which it which is that people who maybe have even found themselves in this place of watching, um, you know, leaders fall, church structures crumble, Christian institutions just fall apart. It's happening left and right in our nation right now. Uh, There's a very humbling, uh, idle-toppling season that Mm -hmm. we're in, um, that there's a lot of wreckage around Christian evangelical America, yet I believe down under all of that wreckage is a river of life. There's actual gems like hidden in the ground underneath all of this. And anyone who's willing to go and recover the beauty that's underneath, I believe it will be worth it. And so I've been in this journey the past few years of like a lot of heartbreak over being a part of a church that's just unraveling or um, other, you know, things where I've just trusted in this or that person or this thing, and it's just come apart. Like it's been a, a sad, but a good couple of years of pushing against all the things that were kind of my Christian upbringing, trying to be like, what parts of this is real mm-hmm. and which parts of this last forever? And I think that's the idea of the song Born Again is like, I'll, I'll read some of the lyrics, like, there's a river somewhere, been a while, but I know I've been there, buried underneath. Would you come and dig for it with me? Uh, a song we know from long ago. Do you still remember how it goes? We took a path off the map. Maybe we can find our way back. Is this like returning? Hmm. Can we be born again? that mean the idea that something could be made new yeah like that's actually something that everybody wants is there still a promised land everybody wants a promised land everyone wants to know that this isn't the end all be all that there has to be something beyond this and so I'm, I'm on a roll so I'm just keep talking about the lyrics so the second verse is another piece of that for me where it's like you know, there's a lot about the Christian experience or, or kind of the structures that get built up around Christianity that I've had to kind of jettison or kind of like, you know, clear out the extra 
There was just a lot of extra that needed to get cleared out. But the things that I cannot turn away from that I'm talking about in this second verse, which I'll just say the lyrics real quick. There's clean slates for mistakes, what we wish for when we lie awake. Uh, Loves we lose far too soon are not gone. They're only out of view. Something to live for and die for. Some mystery meaning to it all. And like the idea behind that is like even in this throwing out of the other things that don't matter, like deep in the like heart of Christian belief is that my sins will be forgiven. Like I need my sins to be forgiven. I need to know that the people I lost, that I love, that I'll see them again. And like, I need a meaning to this whole thing. Like, I don't want to live without that. And so the bridge goes, I still need something to put my hope in. I still need someone to fix what's broken. I don't want to live without this meaning. Maybe I'm dreaming. So like the entire kind of second half of that song is just this, like, we can get rid of the the extra, (laughs) but like, I can't let go of the main thing. Uh, It's brought too much meaning to my life to abandon it. And so, yeah, I guess my heart with the both the whole record and definitely just starting with the song Born Again is just to kind of reclaim some of the things that have gotten lost in translation, lost in the process. Um, and that's the heart behind that song. And I think I'd love for us to be able to talk more about that. And Charlene, the reason I asked you to even come have this conversation with me is because you are someone who with such clarity uh, can discern the extra from the heart. Yeah. And you're someone who has walked through a lot and maybe could kind of get jaded and hurt and say like, Oh yeah, I have plenty of reasons to walk away from this. You know, forget all of you. You're all hypocrites. You're all whatever. I can, you know, and just walk away from the whole thing. You kind of could make your, you've not had it easy ever in your life. No. Yet there is something deep underneath it that it seems as if you cannot walk away from that thing. And that's why I was like, you'd be the perfect person to have this conversation with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny that you say that. Um, but you're right. I mean, I, I have, gosh, I mean, when I go back to like my form, formative years as a kid, you know, some of my, deep, like those adverse childhood experiences came Mm. at the hands of people who said they love Jesus, Mm. right? I was in a Christian household, you know, a little bit of my backstory was, you know, parents on drugs and Mm. um, in foster care for a period of time and then was eventually adopted within my family by my grandmother's sister, um, my aunt. She's an amazing woman of God, but even in her household still was abused, (laughs) <laughs> not by her directly, but there were other people and she was aware of it, you know. So even from that, I think there was even younger on, I remember being really confused about the faith. I was going to church, but I was still experiencing things. And at home, that made it really difficult for me to connect with God. And I wanted to, right? I kept, you know, kept trying, you know, I kept, you know, every time they give an altar call <laughs> when you're a kid, I would go up and be like, okay, I got to give my life to Jesus again. Um <laughs> Never quite understanding that whole process of how it actually works, but I was trying, and I do remember getting to a point. Um, I don't know, maybe I was in high school or something like that, and just kind of telling God, I was like, I just don't think I can do the Christian thing, right? Uh, I had a, a tremendous amount of shame, especially having been abused as a kid, having been sexually abused as a kid. That's kind of the one of the worst forms of abuse I think you, anyone could ever experience, and has such long-lasting, damaging effects. Um, that I'm still having to process, you know, long time later. But yeah, you're right. And then, you know, I have then, you know, so my major when I when I finally gave my own life to, life to Christ and really started walking with God, I had some pretty significant leaders in my life just kind of chew me to bits. And I remember that being my first kind of church hurt uh, experience that really just just made it hard. It made it hard for me to put Jesus and believers in the same sentence and be okay. It was just, I was, I was struggling with that. So yeah. And then, you know, even as recently going through the pandemic, having to work through, you know, that's when I kind of unpacked my suitcase (laughs) and was like, all right, I might as well deal with my life because ain't nothing else to do in quarantine. (laughs) 
Totally. Um, it probably wasn't a good idea if you don't have professional support <laughs> with all the things that happened in my life. Uh, yeah, but you know what? It was a it was a hard season, Jess. Yep. I remember like having some, you know, there were some questions. I I just was so scared because of how I've been raised to ask God. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't believe that God is the author of the evil things that have happened to me. I don't I don't believe that. Um, but you know, I have to reconcile with the fact that he's still God. And so those things still happen. And I never had the courage to really ask God, like, what the heck? Like, why did you just, why? why? Um, And I realized it was a roadblock. It was keeping me from really having a healthy relationship with God. It's kind of like, you know, trying to be friends with someone and you got that one thing, you're like, I'm your friend, but you really get on my nerves. <laughs> and I just don't have the courage to talk to you about it. So we're just going to pretend that everything's okay. And then you find that it, it just, it, what it does is it just erodes your relationship slowly. Right. And I think, unfortunately, that's happened to a lot of folks who have been in the church and yeah. been a part of a church that, you know, it's unfortunately church people, including myself, maybe at a different season, have made it really difficult for people to be honest with themselves. Yep made it difficult for them to be honest with with God. And it just kept eating away at the remnants of their relationship until there just wasn't anything to yeah. stand on. So, yeah I, I, yeah, I have a lot of reasons why I could have walked away. I got a thousand reasons why I should stay. Um, mm. You know, I always say, you know, if God's been faithful once, then dang it, I'm going to give him another chance to prove <laughs> it again. Like, you know, we give everybody else a chance. Right. Uh, so I figured I should mm. give God a chance. I mean... Last time I checked, he does keep his promises, <laughs> you yep. know. So, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot, and I appreciate the album. I appreciate you taking the time to reflect, you know, in through music because I think that that's such a it's such healing for people. You know, sometimes it's hard to listen to podcasts or sermons, but you know, just being able to listen to the lyrics and listen to the, the actual instrumentation and just like let it soak over you, mm-hmm. I think is a real gift, especially for people like me who. Yeah, during that season, last two years, it's just been hard. It's been hard to hear another sermon or hard to hear another podcast. I'm like, just give me something that's palatable that I can just vibe to and like find my own my own way. And so, yeah, I appreciate that. So, yeah, because, I mean, you've had similar experiences where you probably have had opportunities where you're like, man, I don't want to do this no more. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we all have reasons feel that we have reasons to leave. Um, but you said something about having a thousand reasons to stay. Like, I don't know, go on that for a minute. What are what are your, for you, what have been the reasons to stay, some of the main ones? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> God is good, right? I mean, I, I would say that for me, right? Mm-hmm. When I look back over my life, have I had some tremendous disappointments? And here's what I like. I, I'll keep it 100 Right. I'll be completely honest because I'm not for if there's one thing I don't like, (laughs) it's when believers are hard to believe because Mm -hmm. they just ain't telling the truth. And so I'm going to be honest about where I've been. I'm like, I've had difficult things happen and I've had a season, you know, just for the record, I've had a season when I, I wasn't walking with God. And so I know the life. I know life with God and I know life without God. And an honest evaluation of the two, I can say my life with God is just mm. better. Yep. Even though my circumstances may have been similar, even though I've had disappointments after making a decision to follow God, of course, even though I've made mistakes, I've lost relationships, I've lost a lot of things have gone wrong. I felt like I almost lost my mind, mm. you know, having panic attacks and depression and suicide, you know, suicidal ideations. Mm. All of those came post me making a decision to follow God. But one thing I can say, I'm like, there's nothing like having the assurance that God is always present. Mm, I think one of the things that keeps me locked in with my relationship with God is the fact that, you know, I don't know that I have anyone else that I can turn to because I've learned now how to be. Because, again, I don't think that I and maybe I wasn't listening. I'll give the church the benefit of the doubt because I tend to do that. I love the church Mm. and I have a lot of friends who are pastors. And so I have a lot of compassion for church leaders because I see them when they're not on the pulpit. I see them when I'm just at your house and we're talking about real things or when I'm praying for you because everyone comes to God the same way. Yeah, we're gifted differently, but we all come needing him. 
regardless of what that looks like on the other side of making a commitment to follow God, whether you end up being a pastor or a layperson or somewhere in between, we all need that. So I think that one of the one of the main reasons is like well, I, I honestly just I've seen life on both ends, and life with God is just better. I I appreciate the fact that I have the relationship I have with God now, and although it's changed significantly. Because once you kind of open up the box and you really start being honest with God in prayer and really start seeking scripture for yourself, not just kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to do whatever I've been told or I'm going to believe whatever I've been told. I do think there is healthy space and you should take the time to inquire to get to know someone. So, you know, could it be could it be said of me that I've done some level of quote unquote deconstruction? Well, yeah, I mean, I've questioned some things about God and about my relationship. Um, but I did it from a heart and a stance of wanting to really know him and go deeper yeah. as opposed to, you know, me maybe trying to find a reason to not. Yeah. So, and I think how you go into that conversation is different. Some people, some people really are looking to know God, more of God. Some people really are, like if we're honest, they're looking for a reason to totally. like close the book officially. Yep. Um, and I think that's- Or okay. live like how they want to live. How they want to <laughs> like, live, yeah. When you deconstruct the framework around like how like morally what to do, then you don't have any rules and you can kind of do whatever. And it's been interesting over the past few years to like be on my own journey of like deconstruction, which I fully believe like wrong views of God should be deconstructed. I believe Agreed. wrong practices in church and ways that don't align with the heart of God that we're practicing as Western American Christians you know, and especially if we think this is the way to do Christianity, it's like that was part of my experience of going to the Middle East was just like, oh, this is wonderful to see. Actually, there's a whole different way to do Christianity and the way we do it in the West, uh, the, the ways that don't align with Jesus should be de deconstructed. But if my heart is just kind of to be like, screw this whole system, like burn it down, you know, or I really just want to live how I want to live anyway. Yeah. Um it's funny because it's it's not funny. <laughs> it's sad because I've seen my friends and my, mm -hmm. even myself in this journey of like questioning stuff. Maybe even some of it coming from hurt and some some of it come from, coming from really a genuine place. But when you kind of land in that space where you don't have guardrails around your morality, then you know it's kind of cool for like about a year. But five years later, you're not in your marriage anymore. Yeah. Or you you know and you're working through seeing your kids or you've got a kid with somebody else now because you just kind of do wanted to want. do whatever you want and so i think the the lifestyle like the the outworking of deconstruction over a long period of time has not been a fruitful thing you know cuz you kind of like took everything apart and left it that way or you i almost see people like wandering out into a desert and just staying there and it's just like we have to turn the conversation and that's totally the heart of this podcast this album everything towards reconstruction i agree reconstructing something that's valuable and real and and like we're talking about there's a mass exodus of young people from American churches. Why? Because there probably was not anything substantially ever built there in the first place. Yeah. It was just kind of passed down and like, yeah. I agree. And, you know, I think the other part of it too, and we talked a little bit about this before beginning the recording, you know, there are some folks who went through that like we did, that kind of deconstruction and began the reconstruction and realized, wow, there's not a lot of examples of how to do life once you've kind of unpacked that yep. and realized God still is real. I'm different. Mm. Wow, God's different than what I thought yeah. he was. Yes. Okay, is there anyone to show me how to now live this life with God authentically? Mm. And I think there's a huge void because I've, I've had those moments. I literally, you know, <laughs> I'll be talking to God. And saying, God, you know, is it like, am I, am, are we still legit because I don't honor the quiet time that I've been taught for years that I should have? Right. As I talk to God for 45 minutes about everything, whether it's life, business, relationships, love. Yeah. And I'm still in the back of my mind while I'm praying, thinking, am I doing this? Do I have, to have my devotions? Do I, do I have my devotion? <laughs> Did I do this the right. way that I had been taught? And mm -hmm. and I think, you know, to some degree, yes, do we need to help people? When you're first giving your life to, to, to Christ, do you need some really concrete things? But then you grow. 
<laughs> and I think if you don't have someone who's consistently, let's take out the word discipleship, because I think that can be really, you know, alarming. I, I, I want to disarm people with that and just say, right. let's just say you're just growing in a relationship because I see my relationship with God as any other relationship, yeah. right? And as far as I'm concerned, I'm very imperfect. The only challenge here is God's perfect, right? But in my relationships, it takes time. Like you have to build relational equity with the person you're in, you're walking and doing life with. And totally. sometimes it's really awesome. Justin, like you and I have been, we've been friends for a period of time, but like if we're honest, it hasn't, we've had moments where yep. we're like, wow, we really see the world differently right now. Totally. But that's a part of relationship and you work through that yep. successfully. And on the other end of that, you should be stronger. And so I think if we look at it, we look at our relationship with God as we do our natural relationships, a lot of the ups and downs that we go through makes sense, except we don't really teach people how to navigate the ups and the downs. Yep. And so, because... Yeah, I think there's this maybe this um, very unrealistic perspective that if you give your life to God, one, everything's going to be awesome. Right. Well, that's not always true because really unawesome things still happen to people who love Jesus. Yep. And God still loves you, and he still has a plan for you even and in the midst of you. those really difficult things. Yep. There's That's a part of life. And, and the, or the other one that's really incorrect is that, you know, well, everything in relationship with God is going to be perfect. Right. I'm never going to have a day where I'm discontent with God. Right. Well, that's not true. <laughs> like, right. If it's not true in your natural relationships, it's probably not going to be true. Those should be a reflection of our relationship with God mm -hmm. in so many ways. And so, but like there has to be, again, to your point, mass exodus with younger people. I just think there's a void of folks who are able to say, no, you still can walk with God and navigate all of these difficult things. Right. Yep. And there needs to be more of that. And I feel, you know, it's interesting. I feel like if you like we talked about, I feel like if you made it out of the pandemic and you still love Jesus, yeah. you are part of the army of people who are called to now disciple younger people through this next Come season. On. Yes. I really just feel like that. Totally. And if you're like if you're waiting for someone to say, oh, pick me, Jess and I are telling you right now. <laughs> Let this be confirmation yeah. from God that he's called you. Yeah. And so if you have someone in your life who's younger than you in any capacity, yeah. whether physically or intellectually, yeah. I think we have a responsibility to say, hey, I made it through this really weird, can we just say, like yeah. weird, odd season that was incredibly difficult and traumatic for everyone. Yeah. And I still love God and not just love God, I'm still actively pursuing relationships. So, I mean, in so much of what I've learned, I will show you what it looks like. I can tell you right now, it might not be what your pastor taught you five years ago, because we ain't in five. What do they say? Yeah, I don't want to quote, yesterday's price is not today's price. <laughs> yesterday's message is not today's message. That's right. Yeah. It just isn't. And so I think there needs to be certainly a boldness from the church now to say, all right, we, we really need to explore what it looks like to walk with God differently. Yep. And quite frankly, God deserves that. Yep. He's so much bigger than just our cultural perspective, our, you know, our very limited life experience. It's like, it's interesting you made a comment about going to the Middle East and experiencing God differently. I figured if y'all would just go visit a different kind of church, you could experience God. <laughs> totally. You don't even got to leave America. Yep. I think some of y'all just need to go. You have permission again. <laughs> go visit a different church. And I, not just different like, okay, they play CCM and this one like has like, uh, you know, just a piano. I mean different as in culturally different, yep. a different expression, all the way different because that's, I think that's, and that's, uh, whether I, Admit it or not, maybe I'm right now. It's like that's been one of the things that I think has helped me to appreciate God. I've had different experiences with God in different places mm -hmm. because of my career as an artist. Like being on stage as a, maybe a predominantly black church, and then the next week being a predominantly white church. Or, you know, when I was in divinity school, <laughs> I, you know, one of my classes, ugh, world religion, very interesting class. But like I went to a Shabbat service. I wouldn't have signed up to go, right, <laughs> to be at a Jewish synagogue and to be quite the minority, like mm. triple-dipple minority. Because <laughs> I was like black, female, Christian. I'm like, I'm totally out of my element. But you know what? I, you know what I had to do in those moments? I had to 
find God. Totally. And when you're put in situations like that where you're looking for God, God is not some weird guy hiding around the corner, hoping, playing peekaboo. God doesn't play peekaboo with us. Yeah. He doesn't. When you ask him to show up, he shows up. Yep. Whether we, so I think the challenge is not that, well, he didn't show up. No, he didn't show up the way you wanted him to show up. Yeah. He didn't show up looking like you thought he would look, but he <laughs> always shows up. Yep. And so I think that, I mean, honestly, I'm like, I think walking with God is the coolest thing. I know. And it's not just because some pastor told me, it's because I have my own personal relationship yeah. and I, I wish that I could help not wish this is my prayer like Lord how do we how do we inspire a generation and Jess this is a question for you like I'm like how do we inspire a generation to see how dope God is for mm. who he is like yeah. in relationship and I'm like and I can think of some practical things that have been helpful for me but I just you know you know I'm not even gonna try to like convince you to go another way because we all got sin. We all got stuff. We all want to turn up. <laughs> like, so for like, Jessica speak about her own turn up. I'd be wanting to turn. If y'all only knew the stuff I would do, like, if I didn't have conviction, you'd be like, wow. But it's true. I choose not to do those things. Um, and sometimes I do do those things, right? And I've learned to come back to God and be mm. honest, like, yep. hey, this is a struggle. And I know apart from you, I can't do this. Yeah. I will never be able to change this area of my heart unless you help me. Yep. That's the kind of honesty God is desiring for us. And I'm telling you, when you get to that place in your relationship, it will change everything. But you will have this kind of interesting time, you know, when you get completely vulnerable with God. But I think God is like ripe and ready for those conversations. And you and I, as believers, I'm like, hey, if folks are like exploring, okay, I want to do this, what does it look like? There are some of us, what we call this remnant, right? That's right. kind of come out of this crazy season that, I, you know, I can't speak for everyone. I'll let you speak to this, but like I'm, I'm prepared to help as many people navigate what it looks like to walk with God after you've done some hard lifting because... Yeah, I've done some of that and still doing it. Um, so yeah, no, I love what you said a minute ago. That was like, I think following God is like the dopest thing ever. <laughs> like it turned like really beautiful and open and positive. And that I think is what I'm actually trying to like spread the news about. Is that I actually think the next few years and next season is going to be beautiful in the church, in following God, all of that, because I just see it like kind of the, everything really has been leveled. Okay. A lot of the stuff that needed to, to fall, needed to change. And I, I think, unfortunately, we're going to keep seeing. I mean, there's still just, you know, the everything, there's stuff even this past week that is surfacing with uh, Christian leaders and Christian denominations and massive cover-up of stuff. You know, there, I think we're going to continue to see, unfortunately, the unraveling of Christian systems and the falling of Christian idols. And but it's culture. I mean, every you know, we're you know, unfortunately, the the church is not an exception. Christianity is not an exception. But this is stuff that's all you know, worldwide. Everything that we're trusting in is failing us. All of the systems and the things that we're you know, so there's there's just this sense sense across kind of the world right now that it's just uh, all of our Western progress and our big ideas towards utopia or towards, you know, reaching some perfect life or existence, like it's failing us, you know, yeah. the Christian system obviously is failing. Christianity is not failing. Christ is not failing. I want to say I that so clearly. Like the, I have found that to be crystal clear true. Christ is not failing. And even Christianity is not failing. The Christian institutions that we set up around everything, I think we are we are seeing them fail. But I also actually think we're watching like secular, progressive West and like this, you know, trajectory that it's on. It's actually failing and coming apart too. It's not giving us the answers that we want and the freedom that we feel that we all want. Getting to choose kind of our yeah. our you know our own path and whatever. It's not leading anywhere good. It's leading to highest rates of drug overdose of all time. It's, mm. you know, the saddest that the world has ever been. Uh, it, 
you the know, loneliest, the most yeah, depressed. The lo- yeah, it's not actually anxiety. leading anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. And so to me, what's beautiful is a lot of stuff, both in Christian institution, but also just the secular ideal, is getting leveled. It's getting proven untrue. And I think it's just this, this, you know, uh, like what is that uh, that idea of like when forests need to be they need to be burned first to regrow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like there's just this kind of open ground now where I think what we'll actually see is true Christianity being able to grow up in its place mm-hmm. because it's actually real life. It's actually founded in truth <laughs> and in like submitting to not what I say about myself or what my feelings make me feel, but a God who loves me and created me, like submitting to what we could know from him about the way that he has designed us and the world we live in. It's actually like brilliantly beautiful. So I think I feel excited about the days to come because, yeah, I think one, if you're even listening to this podcast, there's something in your heart that's like hanging on. Uh, something that indicates that there's still a spark in there for you, um, something alive in your heart, something that, yeah, when the the wind blew through of this, you know, crazy couple of years, and you're saying pandemic, and I, it's it's that era, but it was, you know, pandem- global pandemic, major reckoning again that the U.S. needs to do with racial injustice. Mm-hmm. It's... Um, watching a lot of celebrity pastors and leaders and huge structures fall. I mean, it was there's a lot of things that really it's like happened. a perfect storm. Yeah, it was yeah. a perfect storm of a lot of things, but extreme materialism, extreme, you know, uh, convenience and modern, you know, it's just like all of it was on this trajectory to kind of collide in 2020 for whatever reason. And for us, the world, will, I don't think it'll ever really go back to normal. And I think what is changing in my heart is this, it's really not scary to me. I mean, not that I'm not scared of this or that, but it's just like I actually feel deeply inspired that like some of the best days of my life are ahead and like it's going to be a blast and that Jesus is true. <laughs> and yeah. then like uh, that it's just been interesting to kind of weather the storm and really push against a lot of the things and deconstruct along with my friends uh, to kind of push against a lot of the things, but then to at the end of the day, truly with all of my heart, still believe that there's truth here that I can't turn away from. So, yeah. yeah. And, I, yeah, I appreciate you too brought that up. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we're not necessarily trying to discourage people from doing some level of deconstruction. Yep. You've already mentioned that. that things are There are some things that we have been taught and told and seen that really do need to be broken down. Yep. Like God's doing that for sure. And then there's some things in our own personal life that needs to, to happen. So we're not discouraging deconstruction. It's really the reconstruction yes. that we need support in. And I think there needs to be more conversation of what it looks like to come back and like to circle back around. Because I, I said it earlier, but if you've seen God be faithful at one time in your life, mm then I think it's worth reconsidering just, you know, don't throw everything out, you know, just because we're running into a rough patch. And honestly, the fact that we're running into a rough patch as a community, I feel like is a part of God's grace. This is not a really, this is not an isolated situation or individualistic experience. I was like, no, everyone in the church, whether people are using this terminology or not, is going through some level of questioning, whether yep. you call it deconstruction or not. It's what do you do after you've asked the hard questions? What, where do you go? Um, who do you turn to once yeah. you've kind of run into a wall and you're like, okay, I still really want to rock with God. Maybe not so much the church, <laughs> maybe not so much my pastor, whatever the case may be, yeah. or any combination of that. But there's Again, if you've ha- you had a relationship with God, I-, I believe, you know, one of the things that continues to bring me back to this place is like, I know I've known God to whatever degree, right? And so I'm interested to see what that looks like over the next couple of years of the reconstruction, because that's a kind of a natural part of this process. A lot of people are falling away, and maybe some of those folks needed to kind of like take a step back. It doesn't mean that they're going to be for- away forever. And yeah. so... Therein where I, I see a lot of hope for God to do some miraculous things because, you know, for all we know, even if you are someone who's listening, who's walked away from the faith, 
and you just happen to still love Jess and her music, um, yeah, I'm going to believe that at some point you're going to come back to this space. We're going to love you in the process of doing that because yep. we're called to that. And I think it's also okay for you to have your process. Yep. And and I think this is the big thing that I really want the church as a whole to get. God can handle this. Yeah. God can handle people walking away from him. Yep. We can't handle it. But God is so capable mm. of allowing us to do whatever we need to do. And I think that speaks to God's love because he still continues to surround us with opportunities and with relationships that continue to pull us back. And so, because I think about it, you know, when I wasn't walking with God, right? There was a period of time I wasn't walking with God. and I. But if I really took inventory of my story, I can think of some really interesting moments. I was like, wow, was that God? Because I don't know that I could have like put, I, I don't know that I could have orchestrated those things myself mm. in some significant moments where I saw the Lord really intervene as I was kind of walking in the other direction. And yeah, we hope that this is not walking totally linear, that it really is circular, that you're turning the corner yep. um, because, you know, I just think I'm, I'm with you. I'm excited about this yeah. new season. And I'm still in the place of asking those hard questions. Yep. I am still actively processing trauma, which for those folks who are part of the trauma world and the church, you know, that that's a very interesting space. I know for, for me, I know a lot of folks who have chosen to walk away from God because they just couldn't find a way to be able to, their healing process just didn't make sense, you mm. know what they were praying or their confessions or however they proceeded just wasn't enough to help them really get out of this, you know, looming depression they found themselves in. And I've had seasons like that as well. Um, but I'm trusting God and I'm still, I'm in that, I'm at, at that place. And, you know, for those folks who are, cause I feel like if you're, if you're in the trauma conversation, you're probably in between. If you're in the church, you know, there's some folks in the trauma world who are outside of the church. It's like, I don't, I don't really want to hear about Jesus. Mm. You need more practical application. You need X, X, Y, and Z. And some of those things are and totally beneficial. I agree. And then sometimes, but what I found in the church is like trauma. We don't talk about trauma. This Jesus, he got it. You're healed. And then you have people in the middle who are like, I've tried Jesus. I've tried practitioners. I'm confused about where to go, and I do think there's like a healthy balance between the two, um, and even that is something I had to find what on my own. Yep. And so, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully this is the rest of the series. Jess, I'm excited about hearing it and listening because um, I hope hopefully it'll be encouraging the people to recognize it's okay to ask hard questions, yep. and if you need support. To, I think it's important to find support from folks who've also asked those questions and have been able to come out on the other side. Yeah. Um, and you could argue, oh, you guys are biased. Well, aren't we all? Right. <laughs> like, we're all going to be biased For towards sure. our perspective. Yep. And so if you want to do your due diligence, get two people. But I guarantee you the folks like us who have um, navigated some of those challenges, are navigating some of those challenges, who are still walking with God, it's just, to me, it's just more a, a much more fulfilling life. I said this the other day as I was walking through some hard emotional stuff. I said this yesterday. <laughs> I said this yesterday because I was on a multi – I took a hike, which, ooh, Lord, <laughs> it was already hard. But it was a really intentional hike with a resiliency coach who I love. Um, and I was like – we. I was sitting on the rocks just crying, not wanting to talk. Mm -hmm. You know, Ty Caldwell, who hosts this, she was like, Charlene, you know, <laughs> she's really kind – what is the Lord saying? I was like, I don't know, because I don't want to ask him right now. That was yesterday. <laughs> Not because I don't love God, yeah. right? But because I have a real relationship a real, with God. It's a friendship. And some days you're like, I just don't, I, I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. <laughs> and so therefore, pause. Yeah. And all the while, I'm still having a conversation in my heart. It's yeah. not coming out of my mouth, but I feel like God's like, we can talk. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't, really, don't want to talk about the same thing again. Yeah. But I had three hours of that. Yeah. By the end of it, I was so thankful that I walked through that. And I told Ty, I was like, I don't know how people do it. I don't know how I would do this life if I didn't have God. Like, because it sucked yeah. when I didn't have Jesus. Yeah. Like, all I had, I'm like, and I couldn't even, as I was processing just yesterday, I was like, I couldn't even remember how I coped. 
I don't even remember how I coped. And some of the things that we're that are surfacing, we're like, oh, this is really difficult. You know mm-hmm. why I think it's difficult? Is because God honestly wants to heal us. Yep. Honest to goodness. I think the very thing that we're running away from in a lot of ways is the very thing that God wants to change. Yep. And even some of the things that we're experiencing in our world is really, really difficult. Sometimes we don't really understand the whole process. But when we if we were if we had the opportunity to be, maybe see it from God's perspective, it's so good, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. What he has is so much better. The idols that we're holding on to, I had idols. I mean, I had a brown Barbie, right, of an idol. She was awesome. Skinny, wealthy, smart, popular. And God had to be like, and she's not real. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, what? You're going to take this brown Barbie idol <laughs> that I've been working my whole life to become? Mm. And in this season, as I've seen God, what, help me deconstruct and break that down yeah. and rebuild me, mm. I'm like, wow, the actual Charlene is way cooler <laughs> than any idol I could have built. And yes. I think we're in a place where we've got so attached to something that's actually not God's best. Yeah. And be- and because of God's love is allowing us to like let those things crumble so that what he rebuilds is so much more beautiful, so much more stable, yeah. so much more freeing. And yeah, it does require some measure of faith to believe yeah. that. But like all the evidence points to that. (laughs) If you look through scripture, the times that God's done that, you can see it. If you look through your own personal life, I'm like the times that I've surrendered things to God that I thought was the best, it always ended up being better. And I have finally got to a place in my walk where I'm like, God, your way is... When you move from just singing worship songs about God's ways are better than our ways and you start living it, it changes everything. Yep. And that takes time, but it takes and it takes some work on our part, right? Not not doing works, but it, as any relationship, if you want it to be healthy, you got to do your part to love that person, to forgive them, to extend grace, to go back to the conversation. We do it with humans. I would challenge anyone, do it with God. Yeah. What if you forgave God for what you felt like he did to you? Mm. How different would life, what if you like gave God another opportunity? What if you gave him another conversation after you said, I'm not, I don't want to talk to you today mm. or talk to you anymore? Yeah. What if we really did approach our relationships with God as a actual relationship and said, all right, I'm going to commit to you. All right. <laughs> like, I need you to show up. Yeah. I'm going to show up. We're going to try again. Yeah. And I just, I'm like, I, I'm doing that. And it can see fruit from it. Yeah. So I, so I hope good. that other people will take the take the journey and do the same. Yeah. And that's what we I want this podcast to be is and really not just the podcast, the album, my music in the season to come. I want it to be a companion for people who are reconstructing, who are rebuilding. Um, I think every one of us has experienced some sort of flattening of something in our lives, a, a, a refining. And if you feel that you want to rebuild, um, I hope that whatever we say here or whatever is on this record or kind of um, looking in on my life or, or Charlene's life in the coming years, that it will be an encouragement um, that someone else is still walking that path as well. And I and I, I really appreciate what you said where it's just like um, it's it's a process and we would encourage you that the process start with just you and God. Um, you know, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and then love your, you know, the second commandment is love your neighbor. And so there is undeniably an outworking to one another that is part of God's heart for us. But there is this first step that if that's not right, the second step never will be. And so if you kind of need to back away from church, or if you already have, we just don't condemn you one bit for that. And just encourage you to to start with just trying to rebuild a friendship uh, and real connection with God first and treat him like a friend. Like Charlene so clearly embodies this like 
this friendship with God is so beautiful where you can, you really talk to him like you talk to me or like you talk to anybody, you know, and that, that's what I've learned to do as well. It's just like, talk to God, like a friend, um, allow the time it takes to build a new relationship, um, and go slow and rebuild that. And then, yeah, I do believe that God will eventually work that out to what it means to be in Christian community or church again. I think that we're just not meant to do this life alone. But some of the structures that we've been a part of, maybe I've been part of the wounding or just not something you can you can engage with yet. So we just we just bless you if you're like, don't feel like you can kind of connect with church or Christian community at this point, but where you feel that little door opening in your heart again to like connection with God. We just hope that uh, that you'll go for that. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to our first. I think that went great. I want to um, I want to thank Charlene. Thank you for being on this with me. And uh, I guess the only other thing I'd ask is like, how do people follow you uh, if they want to kind of follow you from here on out? If they want to peer into my life, yeah. Um, as I just <laughs> and see what you're doing and creating and, and saying, yeah, kind of from here yeah, on out. So. What's well, the easiest yeah, way? I'm pumped about that. Um, yeah, all the social media platforms are pretty much the same. Charlene with an S, Charlene right. Alice, which is my middle name, P. So, yeah, if you follow me, Charlene Alice P on Instagram, Facebook, if you still do that. <laughs> um, or you can always go to charleneprovolis.com, which is I'll put it in the show space. notes as well. So you guys can click on that link and yeah. follow follow what Charlene is doing. Incredible. And I think you're going to be seeing her name more and more in the years to come. Yeah, thanks for letting me be here. Heck this yeah. is encouraging for Good. me. Good. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hey, y'all, this is your girl, Charlene. Did you enjoy that episode? I know you did because it's awesome. Well, if you want to be a part of this conversation, you can submit questions for our final episode by sending an email to contact at justraymusic.com and submit your question in the subject line you want to put Born Again podcast. And of course, I'm going to be back with Jess to answer those questions so you know it's going to be awesome.